If you're not trading futures and you're not in the crypto exchanges, there's still not many ways to trade Bitcoin and Ethereum in the publicly traded sphere. Of course, one option, a popular one has been the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. And right now we're going to talk with the asset servicing provider chosen yesterday, BNY Mellon's Ben Slavin joins us, global head of ETFs and asset servicing at BNY Mellon. Ben, welcome back to the show. So what does this mean? Walk us through the details of your team's relationship now with the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. Well, thanks and great to be back. We are really excited to be working with Grayscale. And as you said, it's one of the ways that investors are accessing Bitcoin today um, via the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust or ticker symbol GBTC. And this product's been around since 2013 and actually listed in 2015, more recently became an SEC reporting company. So BNY Mellon is going to be providing some services to that trust regarding accounting administration and other services, but also it's about um, being ready for when Grayscale is ready to take that step to convert to an ETF. And we'll be adding additional services in support of Grayscale when the SEC comes uh, or approves and that time comes. And we're just incredibly excited uh, to be working with Grayscale in, in this partnership. So this agreement goes in effect in October of this year. As far as the conversion to ETF though, that's a timeline that's still pretty nebulous until we get uh, regulators to decide, right? I mean, uh, that's still up to uh, the SEC, still up to the approvals that need to happen. So what can you do to prepare for that without that approval? Well, you know, the SEC, um, you know, still is um, looking at this matter and we are waiting for the SEC. In fact, the whole industry is waiting for the SEC. And as we've talked about before, the queue continues to build in the marketplace. I think there are 11 uh, filings right now for Bitcoin ETFs, and there are more waiting in the wings that are uh, ready to, to be filed um, as the regulatory situation unfolds. Grayscale certainly is operating today, and they are certainly one of those that are looking to become an ETF. So really it's about, uh, for us, making sure that all of the infrastructure all of the necessary services that power ETFs are really in place. So when the SEC approves, you know, we'll be ready. Mm. And really the, the process is very much a parallel to the precious metals ETFs that we're involved in today. And BNY is the dominant player in that space. So these products are, are gold and silver backed products um, that again, uh, have many similarities to how the Bitcoin and Ethereum and, and other digital asset products will work in the future. So let, uh, let's say that the ETF approval just keeps getting pushed out for a hypothetical here. Uh, what then is, will be the difference? Is there a difference if I own the Grayscale uh, fund or if I'm trading this? Are there going to be changes uh, between now and then? Are there meaningful changes that can be made even if uh, the ETF does not get approval? Are there ways that uh, BNY's expertise can I don't know, change the premiums perhaps that this thing trades at or something like that? Well, there are really a couple of things that will happen for investors uh, with regard to GBTC. Um, right now, as you, I think, noted, the, the, the product is trading at a discount uh, to, to net asset value. 
And so upon conversion, we would expect that discount to narrow, effectively be arbitraged away and operate in many ways similar to the other ETFs that are in the market. Also, certainly right now, uh, GBTC is traded on the OTC market. And you know, like other ETFs, we would expect that to convert to one of the national listing exchanges, such as NYSE, NASDAQ, or, or, or CBOE for a primary listing. And so you know, there are a few changes that, that investors can, can expect. Um, you know, with regard to, uh, you know, how that conversion will take place. Mm, okay. So the timeline cure, October, and then TBD uh, on the uh, overall ETF. And Ben, how much of this is going to be about connecting that ETF with an institutional audience or with uh, the base of uh, clientele that BNY Mellon services? Is that a big part of it kind of being in, uh, almost endorsing in a way, saying, hey, this is what you want to use? Well, I think, you know, really from our standpoint, it's really another milestone, right? Or could be another milestone for the industry um, in really ETFs democratizing asset classes. And to me, this is uh, no different than if you look back in the history of the ETF industry about, you know, us being involved in the first gold ETF um, and other really innovative products in the market. But clearly investors are demanding um, the ability to access digital assets inside the ETF wrapper, as they are for many other asset types. And we've started to see that in other markets around the world where these products have been uh, approved, most notably and most recently in Canada, where we are involved in those products providing services as well for the products that are listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange. And again, it's just another proof statement um, in terms of how the products can serve a function in the market, serve investors, and also provide another point of liquidity and ability to access digital assets. And, and the ETF wrapper is a tremendous way to do that. Ben, last thoughts. I'm just curious from the trading perspective. I know this might predate the relationship with BNY a little bit, but if you do have thoughts, I'd be curious to hear them on the nature of the premium in the Grayscale Fund, which uh, dropped to a discount where for much of its life it traded at a premium. It traded for uh, at a discount for much of uh, 2020 and 2021 here, specifically, uh, I should say, uh, over the past uh, three months. Sorry, not 2020. Last three months or so, it's been trading at a discount. Thoughts on that, what that means? Well, again, you know, we've seen historically that product has traded a premium. And again, as you noted, um, you know, more recently it swung to a discount. Um, there's also, you know, um, a, you know, lots of uh, different reasons why that happens. I think one of the, you know, reasons again is the, the ultimate structure here where, you know, redemptions currently are not, you know, allowed in the product since it is not uh, an ETF as we were discussing. Um, one of the many reasons why, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, we're certainly excited to take the next step again when the SEC is ready. And when that does happen again, we would expect um, that discount to narrow back to NAV again as that, that sort of discount would be arbitraged away. And we are seeing some investment um, by institutional investors and other, you know, sharp money that is looking to get in at a discount um, you know, effectively to be able to control more Bitcoin with their dollars uh, than they would, you know, in other ways because that discount exists. 
you know, potentially with the expectation that that discount will close. Um, mm. So, you know, really, um, you know, we'll see how that plays out. And again, the timing still remains uncertain, um, but we'll see. Okay. Thanks, Ben. Trying to make uh, the market more efficient uh, on net here. Thank you uh, for the details and exciting stuff. We'll be certainly watching the timeline, looking for that uh, approval. Uh, ben Slavin, the global head of ETFs and asset servicing at BNY Mellon.